Hi, John. How are you today? Hi, Elliot. Fine. We're uh, recording this in the middle of the week after July 4th holiday, and sadly, a number of mass shootings around the country, so it does put more than a damper on uh, celebrations and things, but we just got to keep pushing forward. So a number of things have happened in the past couple weeks, but we want to highlight a few of them. I'll just start. We're doing a a deep dive into the FATF plenary in June. Also want to mention, though, that part of one of the outputs of FATF last month was an update of the best practices paper to combat the abuse of NPOs, the age-old issue that sadly we've been working on for quite a long period of time about financial access, de-risking, that obviously harms a number of organizations, but particularly humanitarian groups. So the point here is that they are updating Recommendation 8 and the interpretive note, but also there's a best practice paper, and it's open for public comment. There's a variety of stakeholders that should be interested in this, and I know are, and the comments are open till August the 1st. As we've said to our client base, if you would like us to comment on your behalf, not identifying institutions with particular issues and recommendations that you have, we'd be more than happy to do that. We have a history of doing that. I said August 1st, I'm sorry, August 18th. Um, so that's available uh, on the FATF website. But again, it's just a constant issue. We know that some charities are high risk, but we also know that many are not. And so I think there's a great opportunity here. So just wanted to flag that. I know there's an issue you wanted to update us on and then something that was announced uh, by DOJ in Puerto Rico and other places. But uh, I know there's another item that you want to highlight. I just wanted to uh, put in a plug for a new series that we'll be launching. In addition to This Week in AML, Many of you are familiar with our AML Conversations series. And as part of that, we're adding a new thread called the Solution Series. You'll be able to find it on our website and on SoundCloud and wherever else you get your podcasts. The first one should be posted by the time you hear this episode of This Week in AML. And the focus is bringing some of our internal experts to the microphone to talk about technical aspects of your financial crime compliance program, some education about various things like selection of a transaction monitoring system or a major upgrade of one, information to bring all of us up to speed on how artificial intelligence is unfolding as another tool in the compliance space and watch for those. Let us know what you think. And we'll be doing those on no particular scheduled basis, but please watch for those. And then John, coming back to what you suggested a moment ago, if people would like to have us accumulate comments, should they send their ideas to you? Yeah, they could send them directly to me. And we'd be, again, more than happy to share Drafts, like I say, obviously we won't identify the cl- the uh, institution, but it's we're interested in themes. We're interested in your recommendations. Uh, many of you have commented over the past uh, decade about this issue, so this is another opportunity, especially when a group like FATF is looking for all stakeholders to provide input. So uh, we're more than happy to take advantage 
of this, as we have our partners in the humanitarian world, the various associations we've worked with, they would certainly welcome comments from the financial sector. Sounds good. Earlier this week, the DOJ issued a press release, which you alluded to briefly, about an indictment that was issued in Puerto Rico, in the federal court in Puerto Rico, regarding four people who were indicted for conspiring to launder funds from various fraud schemes. It's a superseding indictment that charges those four individuals with a count of conspiracy to launder funds through wire and mail fraud. Uh, But the key here is both that, of course, but also the combination of various agencies that work together on this, I think, is really important. So the Postal Service, Labor Office, Inspector General, and the FBI San Juan Cyber Task Force are all investigating these cases. But they all emanated from these various scams against the elderly. And that's been a a priority for DOJ, FBI, and many other law enforcement agencies. So I thought that was worthy of comment based on that. And then they also mentioned in the press release, if you know anybody 60 or older that's been a victim of financial fraud, contact the National Elder Fraud Hotline. So again, sadly, there's a lot of these cases, but we thought it was important to highlight that and also the involvement of the U.S. Attorney's Office in Puerto Rico were were involved in this as well. I think this is a good reminder about is the connection between fraud and money laundering. Fraud is a predicate offense for money laundering. But if you get away from the, the legal technicalities, I think the more important piece is that very often the results of a fraud lead to money laundering because... If the fraudsters are successful, they now have a huge pile of ill-gotten gains and they need to figure out a way to make them usable. And so that, of course, leads them to money laundering. If you'll recall, you and I chatted, I don't think we talked about it on This Week in AML, but we did chat back in March when 41 people were indicted in Atlanta for a a $30 million, pretty complex fraud. They were stealing retirement funds and all different kinds of things. There was a money laundering component to that. And those folks were sentenced about a month ago. So again, this connection between fraud and money laundering from a operational perspective, if you will, by the bad guys, continues to be strong. And so sometimes the frauds are found first and then the money laundering. Sometimes the money laundering gets detected and when everybody pulls on the thread, law enforcement ultimately finds that the source of the funding is not something like human trafficking or sex trafficking or the sale of illegal drugs or things like that, but it's actually a fraud, sometimes a pretty garden variety fraud. Right, exactly. So there's always that connection. And with the age-old debate on fraud and money laundering, I think those two, as you mentioned, have clearly been connected. And so we'll continue to follow that. As we close this down, a couple of things I wanted to mention. I said last week that I was going to sit down with Gary Shipman, which I did. And that interview will be posted this week. As I told you, Gary has done a very compelling piece on the use of algorithms in compliance and the ethics of that. I think that's pretty important. That's coming up. I have a couple of things we are scheduling 
dealing with antiquities and art theft, sanctions, several other issues. And also, I've had the pleasure of interviewing over time Steph Casella, who is the expert, the, the world expert, I could say without hyperbole, on asset forfeiture. And he's kind enough to uh, guest lecture my class in a couple of weeks. And we're going to see if Steph would uh, be kind enough to update us on what's going on. He does a lot of work internationally where he travels to jurisdictions and helps them craft asset forfeiture laws and explains the value proposition there. So that's another thing. And as we always say, if there are individuals, topics, and themes you'd like us to, to consider for our conversations, we'd love to do that. We are a slave to algorithms, so we'd like you also to uh, read and review uh, our, our weekly conversations and the other conversations. Send them to your folks. Give us your thoughts on these. That's always pretty in Important. We get some nice uh, feedback from those that reach back out to us uh, about what we're able to provide on a weekly basis. So we want to keep doing that. Yes. And you mentioned earlier that we're doing a deep dive webinar on the uh, FATF June plenary. That is later this month. It's the 27th. The live stream will begin at uh, 1 p.m. Eastern time and you can register on our website. And in August, we'll be doing a webinar that will focus on AML best practices. So this is a good opportunity to listen in to the panel of experts and hear ideas that may help you do a review of your own program or a tune-up of your own program. Uh, so we urge you to uh, tune in for that. That'll be August 24th. Registration will open later this month. John, I will talk to you next week, and I hope you have a good weekend. All right, Elliot, stay safe. Talk soon. You too. Goodbye.